Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a busy, busy Saturday of sport. Not a good day by any means for Manchester United fans and not a good day for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We will have a reaction to United being hammered by Watford in the Premier League. We'll hear Solskjaer's reaction to that as well. Better day for Steven Gerrard and also for Dean Smith. They both got their new managerial jobs off to winning starts in the Premier League. Big day of Gaelic games tomorrow as well down in Porky Cueve. It is, of course, the County Senior Hurling Final. The Glen taking on Middleton. We've got a big preview of that to come as well. Ireland are back in action in the Autumn Nation Series in rugby tomorrow as well, taking on Argentina. Moss Finn will be joining us to chat about that game and reflect on last week's win over the All Blacks. So all that and plenty more to come between now and seven. Yeah, good evening. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you and we are live until 7 o'clock on this busy Saturday of sport. Uh, an awful day for Manchester United and for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, as I mentioned. A very, very disappointing 4-1 defeat for Manchester United away to Watford. Not the kind of result that you ever uh, expect to see from Manchester United. Uh, you don't expect to see Manchester United at the end of any 4-1 scoreline ever against even the best clubs and the best teams in the world, never mind against, with all due respect, the Watfords of this world. Um, so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the Manchester United manager, uh, under increasing pressure now this evening and uh, I know United fans absolutely love Solskjaer. I love Solskjaer myself, but um, he is coming under pressure tonight and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out over the coming days. They have Villarreal to come on I think it's Tuesday night in the Champions League as well so um, uh, yeah they need to turn things around fairly quickly and uh, a disappointing performance all round from Manchester United today better for some other teams in the Premier League uh, two men uh, in their new jobs today Steven Gerrard got a good win today and Dean Smith as well um, in his new job at Norwich getting a good win today and uh, plenty other results uh, we'll round up all the results that go around the grounds in the Premier League for you in just a few minutes uh, then later on we're going to be chatting GAA in just a little while as well because it is of course the county final down in Porky Cueve tomorrow and we will be live all afternoon down there tomorrow I'll be down there myself Lisa Jordan will be broadcasting live down there as well and it's a big day at Porky Cueve as the Glen take on Middleton in the County Senior Hurling Final. It's part of a double header down there, obviously, tomorrow, but that is the big game. And we've got a big preview of that to come a little bit later on as well. We'll also be chatting rugby and Moss Finn is going to join us. We were chatting to Moss on the show last week. So hopefully he, he's, he's, uh, he's recovered from uh, all the... Um, the excitement and the celebrations of that great victory over the All Blacks last week for Ireland up at the Aviva Stadium and the Autumn Nation Series continues tomorrow with uh, another big game against Argentina. It's not going to be quite um, as tough as you would imagine as it was against the All Blacks, but uh, you never know, Ireland can't take anything for granted, so we'll get Moss's views ahead of that match as well before 7 o'clock this evening. All that and plenty more to come, but it is with the Premier League we start and it is at uh, Vicarage Road we start because as I said a, a terrible result for Manchester United today Watford 4 Manchester United 1 Harry Maguire getting sent off for Manchester United in the process there they were 2-0 down at half time uh, Donny van der Beek got one back for United um, early enough in the second half and then you're kind of seeing that and you're kind of thinking yeah United will get back into this surely United will get back into this we've seen them come back in a lot of games and uh, get a lot of late goals for Cristiano Ronaldo this season and uh, go on to actually draw or win those games that they had been behind in but it wasn't to be today Harry Maguire went and got himself sent off and it was all downhill from there and Joe Rawson was watching for us Full time here at Vicarage Road, Watford 4, Manchester United 1, it's another defeat for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, it's now 5 in 7 Premier League matches and to be honest they were awful this afternoon, Josh King and Ismailia saw gave Watford a 2 goal lead at half time, it could have been more saw had his penalty saved by De Gea and Watford had a number of good chances, substitute Donny van der Beek got one back for United at the start of the second half 
United looks as if they might change things and turn things around but Harry Maguire was sent off on 69 minutes trying to dribble the ball out from the back he was dispossessed by Tom Cleverley and then took him out it was a second yellow he was off United reduced to 10 men and that opened the floodgates Watford scoring two late goals to seal the victory João Pedro and Emmanuel Dennis both smashing in from inside the penalty area huge questions are going to be asked about the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer how does he survive this one full time at Vicarage Road Watford 4 Manchester United 1 yeah, hard to know if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will survive that defeat. He's coming under increasing pressure. You'd like to think Manchester United will give him a bit more time, but results have to change and results have to improve because United are slipping down the table and fast. Let's hear some reaction um, from Solskjaer now. And in this clip, he addresses um, uh, his own position, but says he's not going to really talk about it too much. It's, it's a definite, uh, definite uh, big, big challenge for everyone, uh, everyone in and around the club. Uh, so that's uh, that's the big question. That's uh, not for here and now. That's five defeats out of the last seven league games. Yeah. Would you understand if the board decided to make a change? Well, I'm working for and with the club, and I've done that. I've been there for 18 years, and of course, I'm. Uh, We've got a good communication, and if if the club uh, uh, are thinking about doing something, that's uh, that's a conversation between us and not you and me. I understand what you're saying, but yeah. with those statistics for Manchester United, is that acceptable? The results are not uh, good enough. We know that. Uh, we've gone 30 games unbeaten away from home. Now we lose two on the bounce, conceding four goals in both of them. So of course something's wrong. Something is wrong at Old Trafford, unfortunately. And uh, at the end of the game today, Ole went over to the Manchester United away fans in Watford and he held his hands up and he was literally apologising to the supporters. An interesting thing that happened then is all the players were behind him and Bruno Fernandes kind of intervened and started pointing to the fans and saying it's not his fault pointing at Solskjaer and then pointing at all the other players and himself and saying we're responsible for this mess not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer so trying to take the pressure off their manager which I thought was a nice touch from Bruno Fernandes but it's all well and good him doing that he'd prefer to see him scoring goals on the pitch and putting in a performance where, where Man United can win these games um, let's hear a little bit more from Solskjaer now before we move on and uh, he is referencing the fans in this one I feel for the fans and I feel with the fans and I'm I I feel the, the same as them. It's uh, we're embarrassed losing uh, the way we do. We know we've been, we are in a in a very bad run, a bad situation. But that's part of football, and I know they'll support the team and whoever's uh, on the pitch every single day. And then sometimes you got to say sorry, and that was a, a sorry for the uh, performance. How concerned are you, Ollie, about your position? You know the manager carries the can. Yeah. You're yeah. not turning it around and the performances are not acceptable. You know, that's uh, that's not for me to, um, to worry about. I work as hard as I can, as well as I can, with the staff I've got, incredible staff. As I said, good top people, good professional players. Uh, but at the moment, we're not getting the results. So I understand your question. So um, that's, uh, as I said, I'm not going to discuss that with, uh, with you here and now. Uh, that is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer reacting to United's 4-1 defeat to uh, Watford, of all people today. <laughs> I don't mean to be disparaging about Watford, but you would not expect Manchester United to be losing 4-1 to uh, to the vast majority, to any Premier League club, really, to be honest. Never mind uh, um, um, the lower kind of clubs in the Premier League. Um, let's wrap up the rest of the action in the Premier League today then as well. Um, there is one game ongoing at the moment, 37 minutes on the clock now at Anfield. A big one between Liverpool and Arsenal. And uh, with... Uh, the clock just turned 38 minutes it remains Liverpool nil Arsenal nil in that game but speaking of Liverpool one of Liverpool's favourite sons he left Rangers last week as the Rangers manager and went to Aston Villa we are of course talking about the one and only Steven Gerrard he did a reasonably good job at Rangers he he wrestled the title back off Celtic and got Rangers their first title last season in about 10 years uh, and uh, that obviously attracted the 
the interests of a number of Premier League clubs and he agreed to take the Aston Villa job after Dean Smith was sacked two weeks ago and he got off to a winning start today at Villa Park. Stephen Gerrard, Aston Villa 2, Brighton nil, and Clive Edwards was there at Villa Park. It's finished Aston Villa 2, Brighton nil. Two goals in the four minutes of the dying moments of this game. Watkins in the 84th minute for Villa and Mings for Villa also in the 88th minute gave Villa deserved three points in what had been a fairly even contest for most of this match, but Villa came to life in the last 15 minutes of this game. Steven Gerrard, in his first game as Premier League manager, will be delighted with that performance, particularly with his conclusion, though Brighton certainly played their part in a very good game of football. It's finished Villa 2, Brighton 0. I don't know about you, but uh, I wasn't quite listening to Clive Edwards' reports there, report there because I was more listening to, uh, to Sweet Caroline in the background and nearly singing along to it. But uh, thank you for that, Clive. And that was Aston Villa 2, Brighton nil at Villa Park. So a winning start for Steven Gerrard there. Well, the man Villa sacked two weeks ago was Dean Smith. Gerard's predecessor and it didn't take long for Dean Smith to get another Premier League job this has to be one of the quickest turnarounds ever and in a strange twist of a of fate uh, the club that he played um, a couple of weeks ago with Aston Villa um, was Southampton uh, and that was his last game with Villa and his first game with his brand new club a brand new job at Norwich for him was Southampton as well today and he got off to a winning start too Guy Swindles was there for us Norwich 2 Southampton 1 what a start for Dean Smith he saw his side come back from an early disappointment Shea Adams giving the Saints a fourth minute lead two minutes later Pookie had equalised first half though utterly Southampton but then it was the manager who changed things and with the relaunch Norwich in the second half it was they who dominated possession a fine header from Grant Hanley the skipper gave them the lead Walcott Mr Citra at the end for the Saints but Norwich back to back wins in the Premier League for the first time since 2016 Norwich 2 Southampton 1 and that win keeps Norwich off the bottom of the table but the team that are bottom of the table are Newcastle and of course Newcastle have a brand new manager as well where it's all about the new managers this week isn't it Uh, Stephen Gerrard Dean Smith and Eddie Howe at Newcastle but Eddie Howe was not at St James's Park today he was not in the dugout for Newcastle because he tested positive for Covid in the last couple of days so he had to uh, to isolate and couldn't attend today's game but uh, nonetheless they were taking on Brentford it finished Newcastle 3 Brentford 3 Stephen Goldsmith was at St James's Park for us. Newcastle 3, Brentford 3, high octane stuff at St James's, end to end until the end. Lascelle scored first, a header from a corner, a lead that lasted seconds as Ivan Tony finished too easily past Darlow before Rico Henry headed Brentford in front. Joe Linton hammered home a leveller before Brentford took control again. Sub Onyeka hit a shot that bounced in off Lascelles, but then a deep cross was met at the back post by Sam Maximam to level up for the final time. Newcastle 3, Brentford 3. So Newcastle still rock bottom of the Premier League table with that result. Elsewhere, then the early game today, um, another team who, who really have a kind of a, are not in the same form they have been for the last couple of seasons under Brendan Rodgers are Leicester and they were taking on Chelsea at the King Power Stadium. Chelsea absolutely flying up the top of the table and they got a victory at Leicester today, 3-0. Ian Beach was watching. Leicester 0, Chelsea 3, goals from Antonio Rudiger and Golo Kante and Christian Pulisic mean Chelsea already know they'll stay top of the Premier League for the coming week and there are signs they are actually improving they were exceptional on the ball fantastic at putting pressure on the Leicester players when they had possession Leicester did have a good spell for the first 25 minutes of the second half but Chelsea had strength in depth bringing on Pulisic and Zayic to take control again it finished Leicester nil, Chelsea 3 and just one other game in the Premier League today it was a bit of a cracker actually a goal fest Burnley 3 Crystal Palace 3 Adam Jury was watching classic Premier League encounter saw Burnley and Crystal Palace play out a 3 old draw the Eagles took the lead 8 minutes in through Benteke but 11 minutes later Mee had equalised Burnley were ahead on 27 through Wood before Benteke levelled with his second on 38 3 minutes later Gway gave Palace the lead before going into half time 4 minutes after the restart Burnley were level for a Cornet volley and despite both teams pushing for a winner no more goals Goals came as the spoils were shared. Full time at Turf Moor finished Burnley 3, Palace 3. And later score, as we said, at uh, Anfield. There has just been a goal in the last couple of minutes there. Sadio Mane 
has scored for Liverpool in the 39th minute to put them 1-0 up against Arsenal. 42 minutes on the clock there now and it is Liverpool 1, Arsenal 0 heading towards half-time there at Anfield. So that will be a good result for Liverpool. Now moving away from the Premier League and very shortly we will be previewing the County Hurling final uh, tomorrow, the Glen and Middleson. But let's first of all round up some of the uh, the rest of the day's sport this weekend and uh, in the golf Rory McIlroy will take a one-shot lead into tomorrow's final round of the DP World Tour Championship a third round 67 took uh, Rory to the top of the leaderboard at 14 under par Shane Lowry is 11 under par after signing for a one under round of 71 elsewhere in women's rugby today Adam Griggs he took charge of the Irish women's rugby team for the final time today and he went out a winner um, after a tough game against Japan Ireland eventually triumphing at the RDS today. It was a close one. 15 points to 12. And Kira Griffin signed off in style today because she announced her retirement last week. And uh, Kira Griffin, two tries for Ireland in the second half in what was her final international appearance for Ireland. So a big, big well done and a big best of luck to Kira Griffin there and a good win for the Irish women's team. In boxing, Jason Quigley's bid to become a world boxing champion. Well, it ended in disappointment in the early hours of the morning this morning. The Donegal native, he suffered a second round stoppage defeat against Dimitri Andrade in their WBO title bout in New Hampshire. In tennis, the Australian Open uh, Australian Open organisers even have confirmed that players who are going to take part in the Australian Open will have to be fully vaccinated against COVID to compete in the Open in January and uh, that raises doubts now with one fella in particular that's the participation of world number one and reigning champion Novak Djokovic uh, there's been a bit of controversy about Djokovic uh, and there was last year about his uh, vaccination status uh, he's always refused to confirm either way if he's vaccinated or not but he's also said uh, that people should have a uh, so-called freedom to choose what they put in, in their body so uh, so maybe Djokovic is not vaccinated and if he's not he won't be welcome to participate at the Australian Open uh, we will now turn our attentions to uh, Gaelic Games and it is County Final Sunday tomorrow of course where Glen Rovers will battle it out with Middleton at Porky Cueve a big big game uh, the Glen overcame Sars in their semi-final I was down at that game myself a couple of weeks ago on the Sunday in Porky Cueve and it was a cracker uh, of a match it was really uh, it, w- it was neck and neck the whole way and the Glen just edged it against Sars in a close battle and uh, they'll take on Middleton who had a great win over the Rockies on the same day down in Porky Cueve in their semi-final a few weeks ago as well. So John O'Shea was heading to uh, Glen Rovers HQ for us during the week ahead of the game and he was chatting to, to some of the lads up in the Glen. He met selector Gavin Moylan. But before that, he also caught up with forward Dean Brosnan who plays in his seventh county final on Sunday. Right, uh, Dean Brosnan, I suppose, Glen Rovers back in the county final. That's so you're looking forward to it? Oh yeah, geez, like, no matter how many times we play in a county final, it's always a big occasion, and that's no different than Sunday. Uh, like, playing in my seventh final now uh, this Sunday, so like, it didn't matter if it's Thursday, the first one thousand and ten or this one Sunday, it's just a huge occasion for the club, and we, we're under no illusion that we, we're the very lucky few to get to wear the Glen jersey on Sunday, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a, an, an honour to do so. Yeah, and just you know, looking back at the so what the champions saw her first, they're going to the final. How would you assess the whole teams have gone for for them? Yeah, like obviously we were disappointed after the performance in the first game against Douglas, like but we we, we kind of had belief in ourselves that we weren't the team that showed up on the day, and we knew that we had the ability to, to come back and to kick on, and that's what happened. And um, we we beat Bishop Stone after going on to 14 men, so we showed a lot of resilience that day. Probably got over the line against Newtown after, like you know, not probably our best performance. Played very well against the McKilly after being down uh, to 40 men after 20 minutes, and then um, beating Sars the last day. So obviously, any time you have to get into a county final, you're after a good year. So it's just a case of kicking on now and making an even better one. Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, it's next numerous times this championship, even so after after the Douglas game, you know, having probably knowing that you had to kind of win the final two games really, and um, at other stages that you, you showed your character and the resilience in the team so I mean that's, that's probably a big encouraging thing that's the source of the game this year. Oh yeah definitely like you know it's probably gone back to a, a, a throw back to the old championship whereas last your first game you were under pressure to win the second game so we've had um, 
a lot of pressure on us since the Bishopstone game to win. Like so, it's been knockout every day game since. But we're kind of focusing on just getting to order breaks more than just focusing on the overall outcome. Like so, and that will just take care of itself. So it's a case of doing the same again on Sunday and just leave what happens happens and leave our hurling do the talking on the pitch rather than kind of panicking as a group. Yeah, and obviously Sunday's opposition Middleton what, what kind of game do you expecting from, from them ah uh, jeez Middleton have hurlers all over the pitch like so you'd imagine it's going to be 15 on 15 with uh, two very two like I suppose you'll have to look at the outstanding forwards on both sides Conor Han and Patrick Horgan so like we're, it's going to be an open game hopefully a high score and one for the forwards so we're just looking forward to a high tempo game and just hope that our work rate kind of outworks them and um, that we come up with all the, the right side on Sunday yeah and the stuff here, I suppose that the, the squad and the team as a whole what, what would you say are the main strengths of the Dinovers? Our battling qualities I suppose like you know sprinkling them with, with kind of hurlers like Hoggy Simon Brian Mile and the Downies that like you know it's a, it, it, we're, our fundamentals are the hard work and that's what's been seen in the last few games it hasn't been the most high scoring like with, against the McKilly but we ground out a win that day without Hoggy 115-114 with the forward the calibre of forwards they have shows that the work rate that we put in just kind of like then that shows who we are as a team I suppose yeah and looking I suppose there's a there's a good kind of din there as well between like young lads and experience there's a good mix uh, oh yeah definitely like you have people there like Brian Moylan 34 years of age Hoggy's 33 but then on the flip side you have Luke Horgan who's 19 oh, and Downey's 18 and you forget then that Robert Downey's only 22 years of age like so um, we, we definitely feel I think the average age is 25 and he, people probably think that we're an old team but that's not the case at all we've had a very good success underage and you can see that's coming through into the team and even looking into the future now like you know you have Owen O'Leary coming through and stuff like that who we hope that can add to the squad next year so um, that, that's probably the key to our success as well yeah and um, obviously Dean Weeks like just now the, the excitement I suppose that comes with it and everything you know as a player I suppose the weeks you've got it these are the weeks you want to be you, you kind of play for and you, you start training like pre-season for, for oh yeah they, they, they probably never gets old probably yeah, no it never gets old like geez, like um, I'm a teacher above in the, the local school like so you probably see I see the buzz more than anyone um, and the excitement that is, that's around now with the children and stuff like so like I'm really looking forward to Sunday and that excitement's only starting to build probably now on the Monday night so like by the time Sunday comes around or after a hectic week with a lot of excitement and a lot of um, uh, feelings probably are, are going to be high amongst kind of the, the General Overs people and with um, with the fans especially so like we're just focusing on putting in a performance on Sunday and that's probably the main thing Yeah and finally Dean just for yourself and I suppose for Denver generally really how much uh, would it mean for you to, to win the final on Sunday? Yeah like we won it in 15 and 16 like and they're probably the best days of my life like so I, I'm really you know trying to, like they're, they're in the past now so we're trying to make recent memories and that's what's going to drive me on Sunday is to kind of re- like draw really improve on our performances up to date to bring both those um, those memories back come flushing back like so I'm hoping that by the, by um, Sunday probably half four or five o'clock that we are fit, we are uh, having that euphoric feeling I suppose you probably call it. Yeah, that is Glen Rovers' Dean Brosnan. He plays in a seventh county final tomorrow and uh, he was speaking ahead of their big, big final, their county hurling senior final against uh, Middleton down in Porky Cueve tomorrow. Now we're going to hear from Glen selector Gavin Moylan. He's also been speaking to John O'Shea. Alright, so, right, Gavin, um, so, uh, Glen Rover is back in the county final, I suppose, you're, you're involved in the club, really, something you're, you're looking forward to? Yeah, um, I suppose we're, we're probably, we have a bit of a freak team there at the moment, and uh, there's fellas going into their seventh final. Um, so, look, it's great, Jesus, long may it continue. Uh, we've waited long enough to try to get into them because we were we were there in 91, we didn't get back to another one since 2010, so uh, just just once we keep it going, really. But uh, you know, it's grand getting them, but we need to win them as well at the same time. Yeah, and I suppose, Gavin, I suppose you're looking back at the year or overall the championship campaign to get to the final. Uh, how would you assess how things have gone for you today? Yeah, I suppose we were we were slow starters. Um, there's a lot of factors there because look, everyone was probably trying to train uh, early on in the year. There was COVID restrictions and all that, and then with the, the, the delay in the championship, wasn't ideal. Park got to the All Ireland final, and it went back another couple of couple of weeks. So it's probably it's hard to 
you know, to be firing in all cylinders for the first round because you know, there was a lot of unknowns there and you know how do we get the timing right but obviously we were beaten well by Douglas uh, they were by far the better team on the night they were well organised well drilled uh, and I suppose from that game on then it, it was it was proper championship hurling because you know, we couldn't afford to, to lose from there on in um, and look it was proper cut and trust cut and trust championship hurling uh, that probably suited us uh, so look the last four games have gone well um, you know we're just hanging in there I think it was uh, beat Bishop somewhere a couple of points it was a point against Newtown and Mokili and two points against Sar. so look uh, we're just happy to be there but look it's a very even championship uh, there's not much between all the teams you know yeah and I suppose one thing maybe like, from your perspective you must be pleased that, well, that all spotted and the management's perspective that you know I suppose when, you, when, 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 the, when the players have got a bet in the corner at numerous different stages of the championship that they've they've come up with the, the, the right responses yeah look in fairness to the lads they come up with the, the goods time and time again uh, like there's a lot of fellas on the road so they were in the final back in 2010 um, like there's a couple of fellas played the 2008 semi-final against Sars but anyone on the panel I think Dean Brosnan came out to the panel in 09 so he's I think he's played eight semi-finals drew one and, and won seven uh, so that's some return from them and then you have the I suppose the fellas that are in their, their mid-twenties now, Dave Noon and Dave Doolan, uh, they've, they've played in seven and won all seven, so look, uh, in fairness to the lads, they're, they're meant for the big occasion, and especially, look, we've had, uh, in two of the games, we, we went to Mandone uh, against Bishopstone and, uh, and Nuto, or sorry, Imokili, and so we responded, so look, you have to you have to applaud the lads as well. Uh, they're mentally strong. They have good character, and so they have a they never say die attitude. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I suppose just looking at the Sunday, um, Middleton. I suppose your opposition in the final. I suppose what, what kind of a game will you be expecting from from Middleton? Yeah, uh, they'll be similar to ourselves. They're delighted to be in the final. Um, they play a good brand of hurling, nice and open, high scoring. They've all good forwards, so uh, I think it'll be a very, very uh, interesting game. It'll there's stars on both teams. Uh, like we both have marquee forwards. There's Hoggy, there's Conor Lehan, Luke O'Farrell, and uh, both sang on their side. So look, uh, we know that we're going to be up against it. Uh, but look, if we play it for potential, uh, we keep the fingers crossed that we come out on the right side of the result. Yeah, and I suppose if you're it to me and strengths are the, the strong points of the, the Lynn team as so well, what, what, what would you kind of say is this kind of Lynn side's main strength? Uh, I suppose we have a very good defence. Um good midfielders and we've a couple of so we've we've had working forwards and they're they're coming up with the goods in fairness to them and they're scoring well so from that point of view look so we're delighted with the lads uh just we've won kind of one more game to go now and hopefully we get over sunday yeah and i suppose the, just finally so sunday um for, for yourself and for everyone i suppose involved in the den really joe how much would i mean if you were to come out and uh, win the county title and win the, win the final sunday Oh yeah, it'll be special. Uh, we'll be under pressure. There's no illusions there, but like, uh, it's not every day you, you go to, to get the county final and, and a chance to win it. So look, uh, we're just going out to win it basically. And if we come out on the right side of the, the result, don't we be d- delighted? There's fellas there on the panel. Uh, Robert Dungy, Simon Kennefick, they're playing in their third final in a row, uh, and. So they, they need a winner's medal as well so look it'll be not even for them even for the older brigade that have, that have two already uh, it'll mean the world to them and to be fair it'll, it'll mean the world to the, everyone involved in the club that is John speaking to um, the Glen selector Gavin Moyle and there ahead of tomorrow's big county senior hurling final the Glen taking on Middleton down in Porky Cueve and we will be down there live I'll be there Lisa Jordan is going to be broadcasting live as well down there tomorrow um, we'll have the Red Patrollers down there so it'll be a big Red FM coverage of that uh, game tomorrow down in Porky Cueve and of course all the reaction here on the Big Red Bench to the county final tomorrow as well now it is part of course of a double header down there tomorrow the 
earlier game is Canturk and Father O'Neill's as well. That's at 1pm, followed by the Glen and Middleton. So a big, big day at Porky Cueve. And in the run-up to the big day, Aidan caught up with Cork GAA CEO Kevin O'Donovan to discuss the day itself, as well as reflecting on the last couple of years in the club scene too. Cork GAA CEO Kevin O'Donovan is on the line. Kevin, thanks a million for coming on. Aidan, how are you? Good to talk. Uh, a big weekend ahead, county final Sunday uh, in the hurling Middleton versus Glen Rovers. And uh, of course, it's great to have made it to to one county final so far anyway. I know there's plenty on the list to get down, but uh, you must be happy to get to this part of the year with uh, little disruption compared to last year. Uh, yeah, fantastic. We have 16 adult county finals in total with our first one last week with Rand Logue winning the Junior B and we're full steam ahead for the next three weekends now. Delighted. Little bits of disruption along the way but the club's been fantastic. The players have been great and it's really run like clockwork and we're delighted to get this far. Uh, For Sunday I suppose there are the usual uh, guidelines in order to make sure it's a safe event to Parky Cueve. Yeah, I suppose there's a couple of key aspects when an event of this side. We're expecting a significant crowd well up in previous years and um, of course COVID is looming large now again. So we'll be looking for all patrons to wear masks on any indoor areas like premium and so on. There'll be um, vaccine certs required. But really, I suppose there's a duty of care and everyone now that we all distance as much as we can. The, the terrace will be open as well as the two main stands. And I think that we all have a responsibility because, you know, it's vital that there's other games to go ahead and society has to operate at large. So hopefully we'll all act responsible, responsibly. The, the other area of responsibility we would highlight as well is in driving to the stadium and access to the stadium as well. The people will use public transport in so far as is possible. And then when driving to the stadium, the live at the marquee site is, is open for parking. There'll be a strong guard of presence. There'll be areas coned. There'll be stewards on estates. So I suppose we're looking for responsibility that everyone can enjoy the day, whether it's COVID, whether it's traffic and so on, and that we focus on the game thereafter. Absolutely. And uh, I suppose just looking back on, on the new format, of course, the second year, and I suppose yet to have operated the format in a, in a normal year but uh, it's thrown up some fantastic games I don't think there's been a weekend where there hasn't been something to play for for any club obviously there is some strain being put on dual clubs with match loads but um, I suppose overall going forward it's very positive Yeah we we definitely recognise the, the challenges faced by dual clubs and we're fighting hard you know with Crow Park and elsewhere to get those extra few weekends into the club programme you know, last year we had to do a 12-week program in 12 weeks, obviously. We got caught with COVID and, and didn't finish until this year. This year we tried to run a 12-week program in 13 weeks, so the dual clubs only really got one weekend off. Um, next year we'll be fighting that we could get to 14, 15 weeks to be able to slip in free weekends as we progress. But generally speaking, a reduced numbers of teams in our competitions, promotion, relegation, you know, better grading, more competitive games, is good for any aspect of the competition. I suppose days like Sunday are, are what it's all about, uh, especially in Cork GA, uh, a big crowd in Porky Cueve on a county final Sunday. Uh, you must be really looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and county final days, especially in every county and in Cork, no more than anywhere else. But then the hurling final has this little extra bit of sulphur attached to it and we we four brilliant clubs involved on Sunday. So we're hoping there'll be a strong neutral crowd as well. And and absolutely, this, this is our All-Ireland final, you know. This is this is the peak of the club game in Cork. 250 clubs in hurling football across the county. And this is the, the, the stratosphere, you could say, for the, for those players and those teams. So we can't wait to get out there. Hopefully a good day. Hopefully everyone responsible and enjoy themselves thereafter. Very well put, uh, Kevin. Thanks a million for coming on and uh, enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Aidan. That is uh, Cork GAA CEO Kevin O'Donovan chatting to Aidan there ahead of the big county final day at Porky Cueve tomorrow afternoon. Looking forward to heading down to that myself and we'll have all the reaction, as I said, here on the Big Red Bench from 6pm tomorrow evening as well. Now, um, returning to matters in the Premier League and we were talking earlier on about Manchester United and... um, they're very disappointing and surprise, I suppose, defeat uh, 4-1, the final score for Manchester United against Watford today. Watford 4, Manchester United 1. And we were speculating about the future of manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And the breaking news in the last couple of minutes, the Times in the UK, the Times and the Sunday Times are reporting exclusively that the Manchester United board and the owners, the Glaziers, have called an emergency board meeting to discuss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's dismissal 
as Manchester United manager. Uh, the possibility of it, certainly, anyway. Um, I don't know if that decision has been made as of yet. Uh, the Sunday Times understands that the virtual meeting of the club's board has been scheduled for 7pm this evening, so in less than half an hour's time, with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's compensation terms and dismissal as manager of Manchester United on its agenda. So that will be a sad end. If, if that is the case, that'll be a sad end um, to uh, Ole's time as Manchester United manager and Manchester United legend. So that is what the Times and the Sunday Times are reporting in the UK this evening as an exclusive that the Manchester United board are meeting at 7pm to discuss the possibility of basically sacking Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as the manager after United's 4-1 defeat to Watford earlier on this afternoon. So we will uh, keep an eye on that for you and uh, it, it does look like it might not be a great outcome for Solskjaer but, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that meeting. And, and the and if the times are correct with their sources on that as well but that is what they're reporting at the moment anyway um, elsewhere now in the Premier League uh, the second half just underway at Anfield and it's a big one it's Liverpool up against Arsenal at Anfield this evening and Liverpool won Arsenal nil is how it stands now with 47 minutes on the clock there Sadio Mane getting that goal for Liverpool in the first half on 39 minutes uh, Sadio Mane scoring for Liverpool to give them that 1-0 lead over Arsenal in the Premier League and uh, that will be a, a vital vital win for Liverpool if they can get it just looking at the Premier League table uh, Liverpool would go back up to second if they were to win that game now if Manchester City won tomorrow as well uh, obviously they'd, they'd leapfrog Liverpool again but um, Liverpool currently going into this game were six points behind leaders Chelsea after Chelsea's win today so they, they could do with this win to keep pace with leaders Chelsea and uh, obviously Man City in the hunt there as well the fourth place team West Ham um, didn't have a, a great day today um, they were beaten 1-0 by Wolves as well at Molyneux um, that's the only game we didn't have a report from for you earlier but uh, it was um, a good win for Wolves today as well um, uh, Jimenez getting the goal for Wolves against West Ham there in that game and uh, that actually brings Wolves right up the table that brings Wolves up to um, sixth in the table they actually leapfrog Manchester United so a big big win for them against West Ham now on the way we're going to chat rugby for you in just a few minutes and Moss Finn is going to be joining us as the Autumn Nation series continues for Ireland. Uh, great win, obviously. Wonderful win against the All Blacks last weekend. And tomorrow it is the visit of Argentina to the Aviva Stadium. So we'll be previewing that game with Moss very shortly. All that and plenty more to come here on the Big Red Bench and Cork's Red FM between now and 7 o'clock. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Yeah, good evening and welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Red FM. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock this evening. The breaking news, as we said in the last uh, 10 minutes or so, is that the Manchester United board have reportedly called a meeting to uh, discuss the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at 7pm this evening. So will this be the end of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's career as Manchester United manager after their 4-1 defeat to Watford today? We'll have to wait and see, but uh, it will be a sad end, unfortunately, for a Manchester United legend. Uh, Liverpool having a much better day than United because they've got a second goal. Jota has added a second goal for Liverpool. Uh, 2-0 there now against Arsenal. Sadio Mane got the earlier goal and Diogo Jota, or Jota, even uh, getting the second goal for Liverpool there. So Liverpool 2, Arsenal nil is how it stands there. So that will be a good win for Liverpool. We're also hoping for a good win for Ireland in the rugby tomorrow because Ireland take on Argentina as the Autumn Nation series uh, wraps up and obviously Ireland had an absolutely magnificent, wonderful, fantastic, I'll think of every superlative under the sun to describe it, victory over the All Blacks last week at the Aviva Stadium and we were chatting to uh, Ireland's and Munster rugby legend Moss Finn about that game last week and Moss was very happy and I was very happy. We were all very excited after that victory last week so we're going to look ahead now to Ireland versus Argentina Argentina tomorrow and Moss joins us once again so uh, Moss thanks for joining us have you recovered from the the excitement and the celebrations of last week have done yeah the uh, great celebrations and uh, and joy it's such a, a wondrous occasion and I mean anytime you beat the All Blacks is great but particularly this time it was so comprehensive and and and, 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 and so well done you know it was it was a wonderful occasion but the, the one thing I like about him the most salient point that has appeared in all the press during the week is that 
Andy Farrell doesn't want this to be an interview in itself. He only wants it to be the starting point, which is a great attitude going forward. And I think that's crucial, isn't it? They want to build on this and they want this to be kind of set a standard, I suppose, Moss, this win over the All Blacks. And obviously they hammered Japan the previous week as well. So it's been a good Autumn Nation series and they want to progress now from that and bring that into, into I suppose, tomorrow's game and further on into next year, into the Six Nations and so on as well, don't they? And absolutely. Uh, you know, Farrell said it's the beginning for this young Ireland side and what he's wanting to do and is a great thing is that like we, we have this match tomorrow, then we have the we have the Six Nations, which is five matches. He wants to see A matches coming back, so that we'll have a second string Ireland team playing A matches at the level below international level. That would maybe mean three or four extra games in the spring. He also then wants when we're touring New Zealand in the summer that we might play two other matches other than the tests, which would mean that collectively we could have a, a window of maybe thirteen international games between A, a games and, and and, and normal internationals next year. And all that means is that we can blood new players, try out players at the top level, and that, and there's nothing better than real matches in live game, give me for this live game time to see what they're worth at the top level. That's the asset test, and that's what the kind of training you need. Absolutely, and that would be fantastic if that does come to fruition. But it's Argentina tomorrow, Moss. Obviously, um, Ireland will want to continue their good form. Uh, but it won't be easy against Argentina. Obviously, it's not the All Blacks, but they're a good side all the same. They are, and they, they've forever been our nemesis. We've had some mm. very rough encounters with them over the years. They've cost us getting to two World Cup semi-finals, And you know, in, 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 in matches that really mattered... They have beaten us, you know. So we, our history against Argentina is in great. So mm. it, you, you have that. Now you, that's allied to the fact that Argentinian rugby at this particular time haven't, they haven't had a good year. They've lost say their last seven matches. Yeah. Beat Italy last week, fair enough. But and there's problems in the in, in the in the in the provincial game in in, in Argentina. They were there only one team called the Jaguars, but the Super Twelves have broken up down below. So they're not getting as much game time at top level as they would to, and then their players have to to go to the far reaches of France and Italy and all these places to get games. But at the same time, they're teeth tough. They've got a pack out there tomorrow with five or six fellas in it that are there a long time. Um, the um, Marcus Pav... What's his name? The Pablo Maltero, the number eight. He's making his 80th cap. He's a superb player. He plays for Crusaders in New Zealand. And that's a, it will be an asset test. And what I'm very enthusiastic about, and, and I think where Farrell has really got it right, is that he's picked the the pack, the Irish pack in block that played against New Zealand, but he knows there'll be an asset test up front against Argentina. And he hasn't made a whole lot of changes overall, Moss. I think it's only four changes to the team from uh, from New Zealand last week, and two of them are enforced through injury. Two of them are enforced through injury, but then he just bought two more into the back senior man. In, in, uh, Conway has gone. He's bought in this fellow, Robert Balacone from the north of Ireland, who is an unbelie- a very prodig- a prodigious talent. Um, Gibson Park is injured, so we have... Conor Murray is back. I was surprised he didn't he didn't he didn't pick young Casey there, but um and Henshaw in for Bundyaki. So what what I think is refreshing about it is that he's picked the same pack. So at least now these the, the new back line with the particularly with uh, Balacone on the wing, they'll get more ball perhaps with, with this pack and we can see what they're really worth. And this fellow from, from Ulster is a very exciting talent. He's six foot four, he's very, very quick, a bit unorthodox, which makes him he looks ungainly, but he's a very, very quick player. He got a great try there against America in his first yeah. cap. So he'll be worth looking at. I just hope he can get enough ball out to him. And uh, Joy Carberry's in the side as well. He did, la- he did well last week, Moss. He did. And what Joy Carberry needs, all Joy Carberry needs, sorry, he did very well last week, but all he needs are matches, more game time. You know what I mean? As you say, he kicked three crucial penalties there last week, but he needs games. If he wants to perform at this level, then he's been injured for a long time. He needs six or eight games at this level to get up to speed and I'm delighted that he's starting tomorrow but that's one game under his belt and it will be interesting to, to see how he gets on uh, during the game I probably would like to see um, young Casey coming on at halfback to join him because I think they're the future of Irish rugby and will Andy Farrell have had a job to kind of keep the players grounded during the week obviously everyone has been bigging them up after the victory over the All Blacks does he need to kind of bring them back down to earth or do you think that's not an issue I think it's certainly an issue, and that's the way rugby football. That they're the ups and downs of rugby. Like we we got it up for the All Blacks last week, and we had a great result 
it's going to be very hard to lift it up to that level of intensity again. And no, the Argentinian aren't as good as the All Blacks, but I can tell you their pack could just could be just as good as them. And if you're not really up for the fight, then you you could be in trouble. Like the England beat New Zealand, if you remember in the All in the World Cup semi final. Yeah. They were beaten by South Africa the following week. Yeah. They couldn't quite lift it again. So you will have that problem. And if I will be aware of it, but sometimes, no matter how much aware of it you are, can you achieve the level of intensity? Perhaps not, but we, we mightn't have to. Um, we're looking at Argentina's results so far in, in the Autumn Nation Series. Moss, obviously, you mentioned uh, they had a victory over Italy. I don't know how much you can read into that, really. Um, they had kind of a battling 29-20 defeat to France in the Stade de France as well. So if, if you're looking at their performances so far, what will Ireland judge from them? You mentioned they have problems back home and stuff. Is it actually a good time to face Argentina, do you think? I would, I, I do think, because they're tired. You know, they've been away and they've been in a COVID bubble for since kind of late June, I think they're gone for the whole summer and fellas are tired, I'd imagine. So it is an opportune time to play them and, and it is a good time. But at the same time, they're still there. They're very abrasive. They'll pull, they'll drag, they'll put the ball up in the sky, they'll hunt and they'll chase and they'll hurry and they're generally just awkward and they don't kind of suit Ireland style. So it will still be a test, but yes, it is a good time to play them because they are tired. They're at the end of a big losing streak They've had a lot of injuries and you have the COVID and all this and away from home. So it's a good time to play them. So I would expect we do well. We will do well, but I don't think we'll reach the heights of, of last week. Well, it's going to be hard to do that for a while again. I think the heights of last week. Um, Argentina, like they've been a thorn in Ireland's side, as you mentioned, over the years, but they've never actually won in Ireland's Moss. So that's going to be a big advantage for Ireland tomorrow as well, obviously, because we saw the, the atmosphere and the full house with the crowd there at the Aviva last week against the All Blacks. And it'll be the same again tomorrow. Hopefully the crowd is well up for it again tomorrow. And it really drives the lads on as well, doesn't it? I do. I mean, and we've been without that for so long that it, it, it's... It's a novelty to even watch it on television. Not a mind to be there. Like it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's great. And the, you know, you, you, you really, we never really missed the supporters until we didn't have them. You know, that's the yeah. way it is. Even in golf or soccer or anything like that, it's the same thing. So it, it will be a, a, a great occasion, and we should hopefully entertain and, and get plenty of ball to run it wide and entertain the fifty-one thousand people because they do make a difference. They were our twelfth man last week. They helped us last week big time as we needed everything against New Zealand because, as you know, even though they're only 40% possession or something, all they need is a sniff and they'd, yeah. they, they, they'd win the game. I mean, as you remember, there was a forward pass there near the end. If they had got yep. that, could have been a different story. So the crowd were essential there to bring them back and lift. You know? Yeah, that forward pass could have changed everything last week, but uh, thankfully it didn't and Ireland got that that historic victory. Um, hopefully it's another victory tomorrow, Moss. Um, I mean, I suppose it would be very, very important just as we, we start the conversation, uh, finish it in the same way, looking at Andy Farrell and, and looking at progress and things. It'll be very important to get that victory tomorrow just for the mindset to finish out the Autumn Nation series with three wins in the bag, three very good wins in the bag if they can get that one tomorrow and then look ahead to 2022 and what lies ahead for this young Ireland team. Exactly, and we have, you know, perhaps people were saying that he should have blooded a few more in the pack, like tomorrow, like maybe uh, Tom O'Toole and Dan Sheen, who's a great loose ball player. He's a great runner in broken in broke play. But like Ronan Keller is good too, and maybe, you know, they need to have the, our, our regular front row starting as well in Porter, Furlong, and Keller together. So he probably didn't blood as many as he would have liked because you can't against Argentina, they're too strong. But at the same time, it'll be, it was a very positive autumn and onwards and upwards and we're looking forward to the Six Nations. We certainly are. Moss Finn, thanks a million, Moss, for joining us as always and hopefully it's an Irish victory tomorrow. Very good, Colin. Great. All right, and um, it is going to be, uh, looks like anyway, certainly it's going to be a Liverpool victory at Anfield this evening as well because it remains Liverpool 2, Arsenal 0. There, uh, 64 minutes on the clock there. Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota with the goals for Liverpool. Just was watching Jota's goal a few minutes ago. Great goal. Um, now we're going to turn our attentions back to uh, GA very, very briefly before we finish up this evening. And uh, we're going to hear from Sarsfields and Galway Camogie player Orla McGrath ahead of the launch of this year's AIB GAA Club Championships and AIB Camogie Club Championships. That will see AIB celebrating hashtag the toughest players of all. Those who don't quit, who keep going and preserve no matter 
what? And Orla was chatting to Valerie. Let's have a listen. We are delighted to be joined by Sarsfields and Galway Camogie player Orla McGrath ahead of the launch of this year's AIB GAA Club Championship and AIB Camogie Club Championships. That will see the AIB celebrating the toughest players of all, those who don't quit, who keep going and persevere no matter what. Orla, it's lovely to get a chance to chat to you. How have you been keeping? Great, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's busy. It's busy between, I suppose, going back to a huge normal schedule of work here and um, full schedule with clubs. So, yeah, it's great. It's a busy time of year, but great to be busy. Um, what's it like for you now, training? To be fair, like looking out at the weather, considering it's winter, we've been getting a pretty lucky recently with the weather. It hasn't been as cold as usual. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest element is the fact that we should train in the floodlights and it's that bit darker going training. But yeah, as you said, like it's been quite mild for October and November. Um, not the, the usual winter slogging that you're accustomed to. I know it's definitely get worse now as we're closer to December, but it's been absolutely fine. And I suppose you don't mind training when you're preparing for knockout matches and huge matches. Um, I think I actually think we're lucky to be training at this time of the year. A lot of clubs will give a lot to be training. So um, it's a bonus. I think we're more territory really. Have you floodlights at home or are you are you trying are you trying to get fields every night for training? No, we, yeah, we don't. We have a great pitch in New England. Um, it was only developed there about three or four years ago. It's a fantastic surface, but we don't have lights, which is a bit of a logistical nightmare at times um, to get in somewhere. But we're very we're very fortunate in one of our neighbouring clubs have given us the use of their pitch climb really. So like, we're very grateful for that. It's it's not easy to, it's not easy, especially in Galway with floodlights to get in. So we've been going over there. It's ten minutes over the road, which is absolutely fine. So we've we've been making do. Yeah, I was just going to say, when you're still involved at the business end of the club championship, it's it's kind of special. You don't mind what to be doing or where you're going training, I presume? Exactly. Like, I think it's definitely in time and it's definitely when you lose a county championship and you're knocked out or when you're not playing this time of year that you really miss it. Um, so as much as you feel sorry of yourself, very rarely, like, you know, you, you have to realise that a lot would, would kill for this opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I was never really good at sport and I was playing when I was younger, but I was always like the water girl. But I've always wondered what it's like, you know, those training sessions, the crack with your friends, your family, your sisters, your cousins. I think the club is everything at the end of the day, isn't it, Orla? Oh, it's brilliant. Like, it's just so, so enjoyable. And you never, you always feel very comfortable at club training. You always feel, um, you know, it's a relaxed environment. But at the same time, you know, we go to train and we try to prepare for important matches and we put the heads down when we need to. But I suppose you're just so familiar with the setup. You're so familiar with the girls. You're so comfortable around everybody. Um, and you know, you, you play for each other, and you play for each other. Like you play, it's why you play a club. I think it's the friendships you make, and it's it's the links you, you make to your community, which are huge. So. You know, I know it's brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah, I get very jealous of that, the team bonds that you have. I must say, I do get jealous about that. When I'm <laughs> older, I'm like, oh, maybe I should join a junior B club <laughs> or something, you know, just to have that. I know, it's, it really is. Like, without, you know, the links and like the bonds you make in Colombia, they're unbelievable. They're fantastic. I must say, what is the standard like when you've been training with the county for the last few months and then you go back to the club? I mean, do you still have that high level of standard in Sarsfields? Yeah, without a doubt, like I know it's not going to be absolutely parallel, but um, we're so lucky that we have a great trainer um, in Kevin Ward and, you know, our whole management team are so professional and everything to do, they really are. Um, so, like, while, of course, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be a time, there's going to be disparity between the two because it's just, you know, inter-county, everyone's at that same level, but I mean, our training um, in New Inn and Saris is, is, it's top-notch. And it's- that is Orla McGrath chatting to Valerie, um, wrapping us up pretty much on the show tonight. Uh, just to give you the latest score in the Premier League, it is Liverpool 2, Arsenal nil. still there. 69 minutes on the clock there now at Anfield, and uh, we do await news on the future of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, uh, a number of media outlets now, including uh, the Times, reporting that there is a Manchester United board meeting scheduled for um, next few minutes in fact actually about the just around 7 o'clock or so so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that that is me out of time for tonight Rory is back here with you on the Big Red Bench tomorrow evening from 6 don't forget we'll be live down in Porky Cueve I'll be there and Lisa Jordan broadcasting live from 2pm tomorrow for the uh, the big day at Porky Cueve for the county final and so on and I'm back with you in the morning from 10am on the 10 to 2 show have yourself a wonderful Saturday evening and stand by for Mr. Stevie G The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM